Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. My name is Ryan Cabrera, and uh, I'm here in our gorgeous Studio B, <laughs> and I have a very special guest with me today, Mr. Uh, Aaron Lipkin, and uh, I mean, Aaron is the owner of Lipkin Tours, which is an Israeli-based tour company, um, and actually... Just a little plug, Beit Tehila for the last, I don't know, five, six years, something like that, has been using uh, Lipkin Tours uh, all this time. And so I think it's Israel the right way. And so we definitely highly, highly recommend their services uh, as far as touring goes. But he also does a lot more than just helping uh, people tour the land of Israel, although I know that's a passion of yours. And um, But uh, but thanks for being here. Thank I you for having it. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great to be here. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's exciting to have you. Um, you know, I think it's been a long time coming. You came, uh, what, in 2016? It was five years ago? Wow. Well, I came a, a couple of other times as well, but uh, just for short visits, specific things, I head back home. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I remember you coming uh, back in 2016. I remember that. Uh, we didn't even have a podcast back then, so it's... Um, we didn't even get to do this, mm-hmm. you know, back then, but, uh, but very cool. So, uh, I've got an outline here that I want to run through with you, some questions, and I just want to go through some stuff, but first I want our, our audience to be able to get to know Aaron, you know, who, who are you, uh, you know, talk about your, your faith, your family, where you're from, all of those things, um, you know, kind of the short version of how we got to here, where we're sitting today, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, I think I think uh, you could summarize my life by, sh- by saying that God has put me in so many junctions in life uh, that I would meet and get to know up close uh, different ide- identities, different um, groups of people. Um, and you know, today I'm, I'm 46 years old, and I'm looking looking at my past, and I'm saying, "Wow, I." I touch so many areas and so many identities, and you know it, it makes me think what God wants me to do with that. Sure. Uh, so I, I am doing things, and I will be talking about that. But uh, I, I really feel blessed to be able to 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 know these identities, to to be able to connect to them, um, and and communicate. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I I was born and raised in Jerusalem. Oh wow! What a privilege! Uh, huh? Yes, yes, yes. And you know, my parents are 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 new immigrants. Uh, they both immigrated to Israel in the 1960s, 1969, oh, to wow. be specific. Um, and so they came with their cultural uh, load, um, which was very different. My mom was a, a Middle Eastern Jew. The family was was uh, was was raised in a Muslim country. So my mom came from Egypt, Cairo, and so their whole culture was submerged in Egyptian culture. Yeah, wow. Uh, they, they spoke Arabic. Um, the songs that they loved were of, you know, Arab uh, Egyptian singers like Muhammad Abdel Wahab, Farid Al Atash, uh, and, and many, many other uh, Egyptian singers. And so, you know, when when I grew up, that was the atmosphere I grew in. I, I, my early memories are my, of my mother, you know, in the kitchen making food and singing those songs, huh. um, and so that that that's definitely a unique thing. It's not something that every Israeli encounters. No, no, um, for sure. And so you know, when when that's my mom from from Egypt, from Cairo. My father, on the other hand, is from. Uh, the United States from Great Neck. Many of you have heard of my father, Avi Lipkin. Yes, yes. Um, and so again, that's that's a great blessing, not just to 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 be able to to be raised and to know the Western culture as well. Um, my, my my grandparents came from Poland and Russia, uh, but they didn't stop in the United States. They actually immigrated to Argentina. They huh. grew up in Argentina, and you know, at a certain point. Uh, during uh, just before World War II, my grandfather was uh, working in a German bank in Buenos Aires, 
And uh, because he was Jewish, they laid him off. Ah, so wow. um, he decided to leave and he took care of the whole family and they moved to the United States. So my father is from a European family that uh, is Argentinian. <laughs> but he grew up, was born and grew up in New York. So this is also a very interesting cultural junction for my dad. And, and he brought that to, to Israel in 1969. And the way he came and the way my, my mom came is really interesting. Uh, my father grew, in a, grew up in a family that wasn't Zionist. Uh, huh. they, they, were, they weren't anti-Zionist, but they weren't Zionist. They weren't uh, thinking of uh, coming to Israel at all. They wanted to live a good life in America. Sure. And my grandfather made his uh, fortune from, uh, you know, car spare parts and later on other, other types of spare parts. And, and so they expected my father to live a, a good life in America and marry, a, a, a marry in America and, and continue living in America. But my father had other plans. Sure, yeah. Uh, and so at the age of 14, my father saw an article in the newspaper of our Prime Minister, David Ben-Gurion, uh, who said that all Jews have to immigrate to Israel. Mm. So my father, uh, who was 14 years old, said, I don't agree with that. So he wrote a letter <laughs> to the Prime Minister of That's, Israel, David yeah. Ben-Gurion, basically asking, why can't I be a good Jew in America? Yeah. And guess what? The Prime Minister of Israel, David Ben-Gurion, <laughs> wrote a letter to my father explaining that he can be a good Jew in America, but if he wants to be a complete Jew, ah, gotcha. he needs to come to the land of Israel and live there. So my father didn't agree with that, so he wrote another letter to David Ben-Gurion, uh, and David Ben-Gurion answered. So my father has two letters from the Prime Minister of Israel, wow. which convinced him that he should come to, the, to Israel. And obviously with the help of other teachers and mentors, uh, in New York, my father decided to immigrate to Israel and just after the Six-Day War in 1969 as well. Yeah. My grandparents did not like that. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And there was always this tension between my father and my grandparents. Uh, but he was very stubborn and he came. And uh, my mother's family was actually, they didn't leave Egypt uh, uh, from, for their own free, free will. They did not want to leave Egypt. Mm. And uh, they had, they were forced to leave Egypt. Well, I guess I mean in the Six Day War, right? If you're a Jew and you're in Egypt, and your country's at war right. with with Israel, there, you know, things change exactly. a little bit. Exactly, and that wasn't the only war with Israel. Egypt had a couple of wars with Israel, and every time there was a war, there was a wave of immigration of Jews from Egypt to um, to Israel. Yeah. Uh, so really, my family was one of the. Uh, only Jews that were left in Egypt after a couple of immigrations. Mm. And so my grandfather was thrown into jail immediately after the, the war was uh, started. They heard a knock on the door. Um, they asked my grandfather to come for five minutes uh, for an investigation. And, sure. and it wasn't five minutes. No, clearly. It was two years. Oh. He was uh, thrown into a jail called Abu, notorious jail called Abu Zabal near Cairo, and uh, later on another jail called Hanka, and he was tortured along with 2,000 Jews that were with him, just because they were Jewish. Yeah. They weren't spies. They, were, they, were, they really loved Egypt. They didn't want to leave Egypt. But, uh, um, you know, we, we, we all know that God wanted otherwise. Yeah. And, and so after these two years, the family was deported to France. My grandfather... Um, wanted to immigrate to America. Yeah. So he got green cards. He's the land of opportunity, right? Yes, I mean, yeah. he got green cards. That's where all his friends went to. And uh, my uncle came to my grandfather, and my, my grandmother was standing beside him. And you have to understand, this is a Middle Eastern family. Sure. The father says what's going to happen, and no one says no. And so they came to him, and they said, we are not going anywhere but to Israel. So my grandfather was, was in shock, but uh, he had no way of, of reacting to it other than, than doing it. So yeah. they immigrated to Israel, and my parents met, and, and you know, I, I grew up along with my brother, Jacob, uh, in a house that was a mix of East and West. Yeah. We heard classic music 
we heard Argentinian music from the 1930s, and, <laughs> and we also heard <laughs> Egyptian songs yeah. and Israeli songs, obviously. And this, this was a definitely a very interesting house to live yeah, in. Yeah, no doubt. That's, that's wow. Uh, and, uh, and, and also, you know, because I, uh, my grandparents from Egypt were Sephardic Jews, um, and we went to visit them because my other grandparents lived in America, um, I really absorbed their beliefs. I absorbed their atmosphere. Sure. And, you know, I, I shared it uh, during, uh, during our lecture yesterday, but... Every time I went to my grandparents' house, um, there was always, almost every time, there was a time where my grandfather would, would suddenly stop the discussion in the living room. Uh, he would raise his hands and start praying to God in Arabic. Um, I, I, of course, my, my parents are Jewish. My grandparents are Jewish, but, but the language they came from is, is the language that they feel more comfortable right, in Egypt. expressing themselves. And so he would pray in Arabic to God to protect Israel, to, pro to protect the people of Israel. Um, and, and for me, that was you know, one of my first childhood experiences, um, basically to, 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 to feel or to think that God is with us in the living room. He is wow, listening yeah. to us. And all we have to do is just raise our hands like this and look to the heavens and talk to him. And, and I did that as a kid. I remember really believing in God and, and talking to God on a daily basis, uh, crying to God sometimes when things didn't go well. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that the first shock I got was going to a secular elementary school in Jerusalem and meeting Jews, or actually... Um, understanding that I was one of the only Jews in school that believed in God because the others did not believe in God. The others were not uh, observing the, the Jewish uh, commandments in, in any way uh, and actually mocked me for doing that. So, huh. what a very, I mean, what a frustrating, yeah, that's, that's weird, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think we all think, you know, you go t to Israel and it's everybody's Jewish, right? And they right. all wear a black hat and seats down to their, their knees. And it's just, it's not like that. It's not like that. And, no. and I, I would say more than that. At the time that my parents immigrated to Israel, uh, until the time that I was in elementary and high school, which is around the 1990s, uh, I would say that the it wasn't considered um, in Gotcha. To be religious, right. to believe in God, because the founding fathers of the modern state of Israel were Russian socialist uh, Jews that um, uh, left the Jewish religion. They, 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 they viewed their, their Jewishness as something that was entirely ethnic, entirely uh, belonging to a people, a Jewish people. Gotcha. The culture of the Jewish people was the important thing. So Yiddish, um, uh, uh, the, the literature of the modern Jewish uh, uh, European scholars was, was important. Uh, obviously, science uh, being part of the modern Enlightenment uh, movement of Europe of the 19th, uh, 19th, uh, 19th, from the years 1700 and 1800, that was the the movement that came to Israel. And so gotcha. when they established yeah. the people, the land of Israel, the, the state of Israel in 1948, it was in that spirit. So they call that secular Zionism. Right. Gotcha. Exactly. So, so, um, but but I, I did say that that was until the 1990s. I believe that that in the last 20 years, there is an amazing spiritual revival in Israel. Many Sephardic Jews that came to Israel, like my mom in the 1960s and 70s, and didn't feel comfortable with their belief in God and in the Bible, and you know, either took their, their kippah off their head or cut their, their payas or, or stopped praying, suddenly you see that not only is it accepted to be close to the Jewish tradition, to the Bible, to belief in God, uh, it's, it's also in. Yeah, gotcha. It's, it's, it's like it suddenly be becomes something that everybody wants to be part of, to get closer to. You see a lot of um, uh, reporters and actors and artists in Israel that are starting to 
to go to synagogue, to, to pray, to learn Torah, to learn Bible. Uh, and, and this is really something from the last 20 years. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really, really amazing. Um, yeah. And I think, I think a lot of Christians can relate mm-hmm. um, to that simply because uh, how many people out there celebrate Christmas and, and possibly even Easter uh, in America because it's almost American tradition because it's just what everybody else did. It was the in the in thing to do, so to speak. Um, and, of course, America has commercialized all of that um, and taken advantage of it to the nth degree, you know. Um, it's more of a, a retail holiday than anything else um, in both cases. And now Halloween, right, is rivaling both of them as <laughs> one of the biggest holidays in America. Um, and I won't even get onto those topics, but it's interesting because um, you you grew up in a traditional Jewish home, so you guys still did Passover, right? Yes, uh, we we celebrated Passover, um, uh, but again, we just did the Passover uh, meal, the Passover seder. Sure. Um, and uh, I'm not. I, I don't think that we really were so observant about the other uh, commandments of Passover. I mean, we ate. Matzah, but I'm not sure that my mother would really take out all the uh, unle- the leavened bread yeah. outside of the house. Um, we the didn't, chametz. The chametz. Get it out, get it out, yes, yeah. yes. We, we didn't keep uh, uh, the Sabbath. Um, um, we we used to, you know, drive to places and 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 take with, hikes. and, and just thank you for mentioning driving. Mm-hmm. You say didn't keep the Sabbath. Yes. I think you more mean from an Orthodox perspective. Right. Exactly. Right? Because um, I've, I've heard the distinction right. before, and right. it's, it is a distinction. Right. Um, so, but today you consider yourself an Orthodox Jew. Um, that's, that's a good question. Okay. <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, if you would push me to the corner, I would I'm say... Not, nobody's, I'm not I pushing say, you to no, a corner. I'm, I'm saying if. Yeah. yeah. Then, then, then I, would be, I would say that I'm Orthodox. Sure. Um, I, I'm just... You know, I'm, I, I think that, that part of uh, the amazing redemption that we are part of is understanding that we do not have to put ourselves in boxes. Amen. And, uh, and that in, instead of, of, you know, looking to the sides and, and try to define who you are, who you are and who I am, I think that, that we are starting to, to change our, our vision and look forward Yes. Okay. And, and, and basically say and to up. ourselves, <laughs> uh, forward and up, and, yeah. and say, what is, what, where, where are we going yes, to? Yes. Yes. And, and, and then after we, we say that, then we, we look at ourselves and say, how are we, who, how, what do we need to be in order to, to get there? So, Amen. so, so, you know, I, I am, I am Orthodox. I go to an Orthodox synagogue. Uh, I, 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 pr- I pray the Orthodox prayers. I keep the commandments. I try to keep the commandments yes. to Amen. the best of my ability, um, but I'm I'm also open um, to to hear what God wants me to say because everything I just mentioned is things that God told us. Sure, but He told that He told us these things thousands of years ago. Right, and and the the things that we're doing today are a product of thousands of years of existence, um, and some of them are things that were were given by God. Some of them are things that are traditions that are, were passed through during the ages in the Jewish sure. people. Um, but what I'm looking for um, is something that I don't. I don't believe that my fellow Orthodox Jews are are looking for, and that is um, uh, something new. Sure, sure. It's interesting that you say that. So um, I would say a lot of the people listening are in a similar boat. Um, I know that I, in America, the word persecution doesn't mean what it means in other places, right? But I've, I've been persecuted, right? Meaning having people talk down to me, tell me I'm crazy. All, our persecution is a is a light persecution. So I want to stress that because I recognize that there are Christians and, and Jews out in the world that are being mm. truly persecuted, right? But more from an ideological perspective is what I'm referring to, persecution. That, um, you know, when I discovered the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith and I realized that the Torah is relevant for today, there was a lot of people that came against me on that. And I would say, okay, well, show me. Where's that in the Bible? Okay, well, show me this. Can you show me that? And, and the answer was either yes or no. 
And so I started kind of figuring out that um, I would have conversations with people that I thought had very strong biblical faith. And then after the conversation, I'd realize their faith may be strong, but maybe it wasn't so biblical. And uh, and that that can be a frustrating experience because I'm I'm saying to myself, you know, what is the real truest place that I can go to to find what it is that God wants us to do? Exactly. And I figured, well, you know, this has got to be it. And well, e- even if I didn't know anything other than the fact that the Torah was written with the finger of God and spoken from the mouth of God to the ears of Moses, and he wrote it down, right? So if, just knowing those things, I feel like the, the Torah is pretty relevant. You right. know what I mean? It's, right. it's, um, and that we should, uh, we should re-examine it, just to say the least. But I think what happens is when you take something that's been so traditional and ingrained in, in your psyche, and you take that and you put a, there's a hole that's poked in it, for, for me, say it was Christmas and Easter, you know, the, the holidays. And I realized, well, those aren't really strong. They don't have a strong biblical foundation, especially the traditions associated with them. Then I was like, well, well what else is there? What, what else is it that I'm doing or not doing that is not right? So I'm seeking this elusive truth, you know, as part of, of faith, you know, to, to find it, you know. And I think... One of the things I think that, um, and I and I agree because I've spoken to many uh, Israelis at this point that are actually in the kind of the same boat you are mm-hmm. in that they're 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 seeking the elusive truth, right? The the and nobody has the corner on the market, right? Nobody's said, oh, I I've got it, and because the person who's saying, oh, I've got it, is, is probably the person you need to avoid, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, because we are we are we're seeking it and. Um, I think people that seek truth will will find it, um, and because because you know Hashem, God is truth, right? He He's ultimately He's the truth, um, and I think that's the conclusion that we come to. Um, but it's interesting because I listen to podcasts from um, like the Land of Israel Network and and other guys, and I listen to them, and they 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 sound like well, you guys are all you know kind of seeking it and 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 finding it and doing things. Be- I'll give you a perfect example. One of my big questions is I read, and there's a lot of Jewish stuff in the Bible, a lot of stuff about the Jewish people, and you read that they're to be a light into the nations and that they should be teaching Torah. And then I go and I speak to Jewish people, especially Orthodox Jewish people here in America specifically, and they're like, well, you're not allowed to do that. you know. Or I tell them that I, I'm keeping the Shabbat, and they're like, well, do you do this? And they're like, okay, okay, all right, that it's fine. Because they find out that, oh, I flip light switches on or off, or I drive or, or something like that. And they're like, okay, okay, <laughs> then, it's, then it's fine. You can keep Shabbat, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting how, how that relations go. So, um, I, I want to give you another example sure. from, from uh, our side. Um, you know, just yesterday we commemorated uh, the 17th day of uh, Tammuz, which is... Uh, uh, the beginning of the three weeks of uh, mourning for the destruction of the temple, which mm-hmm. uh, uh, which basically goes to the ninth of Av, which is the day of the destruction itself, and um, you know one of the things that I that I that became hard for me in the last uh, few years, aside from fasting, <laughs> is <laughs> is uh, is is the fact that I look around me. And I don't see destruction. Right. Okay. Jerusalem is probably in its best situation ever, even more than the time of King Solomon. Okay. We don't have a temple. Sure. We don't have a temple, but the children are playing in the streets. And, and it's thriving. And, and it's thri- thriving. And the old people are are sitting on the benches and looking at them. And we have we have, you know, beautiful buildings and trains and... And and how can I pray, and 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 mourn the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, when this is the reality around me? So there there are certain things that that you know truth. You you want you you're seeking for truth. You don't have to seek for it. It's all around you. Amen. Yeah. It's you're in, it's you're enveloped in it. So so you know courageous Orthodox Jews will change their prayer. 
Gotcha. Okay. And which is a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. Orthodox Jews who 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 are I would say want they they want to be in the box mm-hmm. and they, they they will never ever touch the words um, uh, out of of and I, I appreciate that out of um, tremendous respect to the Jewish tradition. Sure. But but that's why I'm I'm saying I'm not a, a your typical orthodox person. I will definitely look, look around and and you know I have to say that this is part of the upbringing that I got from my father uh who by the way does not um does not define himself as a an orthodox Jew. He calls himself a conservative Jew, uh which means that it's not a conservative like in politics. Sure. Uh, it's a, another denomination in Judaism which, which believes that we need to keep tradition, but we also need to to look around and, and understand that we are in a dynamic situation and we need to adapt. So there, there's a certain uh, fusion of those both both those um, uh, attitudes. Sure. I would say. So I, I I'm not a conservative Jew. I'm an Orthodox Jew, and but I I thanks to my father. And the upbringing that I got from my parents, I have an open mind. Yeah, that's and, good. And 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 and, and aside from be, having an open mind, I want to be sincere in my God God worshiping. I, yes. I, I want yeah. I want to be truthful. And when I pray and I mourn the destruction of Jerusalem, I don't feel I'm sincere. Sure. So I, I want to be I want to be I want to be totally truthful. Yeah, with you're God. over here rejoicing with the bridegroom, right? I, I, <laughs> You know, and and everyone else is is mourning. Right. Um, no, I understand. You know, I heard it described uh, one time that um, you know there's a, a school of thought within Orthodox Judaism that is uh, wanting to get back to the the great days of European Jewry, right? The 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 high point of you know Poland and Russia and and those those big communities, and then there's another school of thought in Israel, the more nationalistic Jews that are trying to get back to the times of King David, right? That they're, they're seeking that style, which, you know, who knows in either case, right? Who's doing it right or, or wrong? And I don't think the, the question, if you're asking if you're doing it right or wrong, it's probably the wrong question, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I, I've heard it described that way, that there's a, a school of thought within Orthodox Judaism moving towards the, the, the times of King David more than the, the times of, of Europe, because the Europe is still the, the diaspora, right? right? So how do you adapt now that you're in the land? Um, and, and by the way, orthodoxy is also diaspora. I mean, right. you, know, yeah, well, it, when, yeah. when you when you ask, when you ask a, an orthodox Jew um, what, it, what it means to be orthodox, he will say, well, it, it, everybody was orthodox. <laughs> you know, in a sense, I yeah. mean, they won't say that, but in a sense, they're thinking Moses was Orthodox, right? Yeah, okay? of course. But but Orthodoxy is really a a a Jewish attempt to oppose rival Jewish denominations. Um, just just two hundred, three hundred years ago, Orthodox did not exist uh, four hundred, five hundred years ago. If you asked a Jew what he was, sure. he would say, "I am Jewish." There was no no denomination, so to say, that, that a Jew would 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 affiliate himself. And the reason why Orthodox, uh, the Orthodox uh, uh, the theology or denomination uh, appeared is because you had the secular Enlightenment movement of Europe. Right. You had the, you had Reform Judaism and Conservative Judaism that came and basically doubted the the traditional view of of judaism about the torah about the commandments about uh, the, the 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 state about the, the 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 land of israel about the oral traditions of the jewish people and so the reaction was we're freezing everything so so it's almost like the term orthodox only exists because reform and conservative and, exist and secularism and secularism Correct. exists got it orthodoxy is basically the 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 true way. The original. Why do you say this is the true way? Because yeah. others are saying it's not. Yes, I got you. <laughs> I understand. So, yeah. so orthodoxy, reform, conservative, these are all exilic, ex- exil- how do you say exilic? I don't know if there's a um, word like that. No, I don't know if there is. I, I mean, from exile, right? They're, they they, they, they exist only in exile. They're of creations exile. of exile. And, yeah. and what, what we Jews need to do is, is get back to the 
to to we don't know what it is, but to 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 strive at least to come to a a, a an Israeli a natural a Jew, Jewishness. Sure. This is this is what we need to strive to, and and it's not that something that we know how to do. I think it's something that God is leading us to. Um, you know, God is. It says in the Bible that He will bring a new spirit, and and, 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 and that 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 you know the the land will be filled like water, yeah, uh, and will be will be covered by water, like like His word will cover the, the earth, but like water. And this is what we. I think that this is what's happening when I describe this this amazing revival in Israel. This is part of it. Um, you know, when I was a young a young boy uh, in the 1990s, um, there was this guy that everybody looked at him and said, you know, he's this guy is a bit, uh, he's not so, so, you know, connected to reality. You sure. Know, he's, he goes up to Temple Mount all the time. He, you know, we don't understand why we, why we need to do that. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, the Arabs are ruling there. It's dangerous. Yeah. We have the, we have the Western wall. Right. Uh, this was in the 1990s. N- Jews never visited Temple Mount um for for religious reasons just you know maybe to tour sure today there is a an enormous movement of yes. Jews yeah. that that go go up to Temple Mount daily for spiritual reasons yes um why why is this happening and, and why is it happening suddenly in the last you know 10 15 years because of Lipkin tours no <laughs> 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 we, we 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 would we I hope uh, I would love to be the 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 result of this yeah but, but we, we we because we, you know we work mainly with Christians and Christians that come to Temple Mount always say that that's one of their you know strongest um, um, feelings you know just to think that 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 the temple was here that right. that God spoke to Solomon here that 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 the priests and the Levites and and you know even even you know as an Orthodox Jew you know the fact that Yeshua was there on on Temple Mount flipping those tables out of zealousy yes. for for the for the, the house of God the purity of of worship on on the temple of 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 the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob yes all of these things you know for Christians is is, is amazing yeah um, so so yeah you you see this this amazing wave of spirituality that's that's sweeping Israel. And you know, I, I always talk about it with Christians, and they're and sometimes they're very envious because because they would they, they 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 want that to be also here in America. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's so important that that you know to try to to you know you know we just spoke spoke earlier about how convenient it is to to live in a in a Western society yes. with with so many. Uh, you know Oreos and 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 ice creams and restaurants and yeah. and electronics and everything and but we need to remember that that's not why we're here. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're not here to live comfortably. No, uh, we're here to to worship God. That's right. So um, you know, we uh, I, I pray that 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 light will come out of Zion and will spread all over the world. Amen. Uh, and and will bring a a, a, a huge revival. Um, you know, there's still many, many people that that need to be ah, pulled over uh, and, and brought to the to God's uh, God's heart. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have we have. Are a, you familiar with uh, Reuven Prager? Um, are you talking about the Prager? No, uh, no, Prager not, not Dennis Prager. Okay, no, 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 not no. Dennis Prager. Okay. Although Dennis Prager is, mm-hmm. you know, also a, mm-hmm. a great resource. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, Reuven Prager is. Uh, I believe he lives in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And uh, he considers himself a Levite on duty. Mm. And uh, I think that, um, you know, depending on who you are, if you were to meet him on the street, you might think, you know, what an interesting fella, <laughs> you know. But um, his whole mindset is, he, he, like I said, he calls himself a Levite on duty, and he makes biblical garments, um, or what he considers biblical garments and things like that, because he, he's pushing to take away the diaspora from the traditions it's kind of one i think if i had to say if i understood his the way his lectures go and everything correctly it was it was that um and so it was pretty pretty eye-opening for me because they talks about like the talit right well the talit only exists because you needed a four-cornered garment right but they used to just wear a four-cornered garment right so things like that and that's where the the biblical garments come from that i mentioned but he also was the uh, trying to reinstate the uh, the half shekel, and uh, bringing the the half shekel and things like that. So just little things like that. That um, and, and I I think I mentioned this yesterday about how 
there's so many different people that all play a role in God's plan, you know, and you being one of them, you know, bringing light to um, the legitimacy of the claims of the biblical heartland of Israel, of Judea and Samaria, as being the place where the Jewish people came from. It's called Judea because the, and the Jews are called Jews for these are from Judea, you know, um, and bringing legitimacy to those claims by, you know, just simple archaeological sites. Hey, look, there's Joshua's altar. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, there's uh, six Gilgal, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. The footprints and, and the things that are, are there that aren't really being talked about, right. you know, and, and, and bringing them to people's attention because it's, it's for you, it's low-hanging fruit. It's why aren't we talking about mm-hmm. this? It's mm-hmm. right here, mm-hmm. you know? And But for other people, it's, you know, it's, it's out of reach, right. so to speak. But um, I want to keep moving along. Mm-hmm. I have some other stuff that I want to talk to you about. Um, you have a fascinating background, um, very diverse things that influence you, and, and, that, uh, and that's what makes you special, right? I mean, those are the things that, that make up, you know, Aaron and, and that God has used to prepare you for what you're doing today. My mom says I'm special. Yeah, well, you know, my mom <laughs> says I'm special too. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, <laughs> she, does, she does, she does. <laughs> Uh, but you have a Jewish mother, you know, so uh, there's, there's a special place for the Jewish mother. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, I want to talk about Jews and Christians, Jews and Gentiles, Jews and uh, Judaism and Christianity and how, um, you know, there's a long history that we can pick negative things out of, um, even in recent history. Uh, and there has been, I think, um, over the last few decades, especially a good amount of repentance on the part of, uh, Christians, uh, for the sins of the fathers, so to speak, um, and, and reconciliation. And at the same time, I think on the other side, uh, uh, there's been a a lot of Jewish people because of some of the things you already mentioned, feeling more secure because they're in the land. We have a Jewish identity that, we don't have to worry about losing because how am I going to lose the fact that I'm an Israeli? I'm in Israel. I'm a Jew in Israel, right? So I think there's some security that comes with that, whereas in the past, losing Jewish identity meant losing Judaism and, and, and Jewishness and the whole bit um, because you can get washed up and assimilated, so to speak, uh, or washed out, um, diluted. Mm-hmm. And so now uh, that there is a state of Israel, which there's a whole lot of conversations that can go into the existence of the state of Israel and all that. Um, I think that there's uh, a conjoining of agendas, right? Uh, um, and there's seems to be a reconciliation that's already started to happen. Um, I see, I see some of it happening with some maybe some agendas that have some some tension. nothing that I would say that it was opposed to each other, but some tension um, and other things where it seems to match up really well. Um, And then even some other things that don't make sense. But I'm interested in your thoughts about Jews and Christians and the relationship that Jews and Christians can and and, and should or should not have and, and, and all of those things and what your experience has been. I mean, taking Christians all around the land, I'm sure you've met a lot of different types Mm -hmm, of Christians. mm -hmm. So I'm interested (laughs) to hear, you know? Yeah. I think that, uh, my father and I are really blessed to be Jewish because, because we're Jewish, every Christian denomination accepts us. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're a Christian from a certain denomination, so I, I don't know, I don't know if I want you in my church. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, that was uh, I always joke around that I was probably in more churches than a regular Christian. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I have to say that that you know we spoke about junctions, and that was that's another junction. Uh, that that thanks to my father, uh, I came into sure. uh, when I was 16. You know, we're here in, in in America right now, me, my wife, and my children, and my my son who's here with us is 16, just like I was, and it's his first time How going funny. into a church. Yeah, and I, I I'm looking at him and I'm saying to myself, he's going through the 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 exact experience that I went through. Uh, you know, growing up in Israel. The only churches we know were were Catholic and Greek Orthodox. Sure. And so you enter a church like that, and it's really different. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. a synagogue. Yeah. Uh, you have paintings, you have icons, you have statues, you have an incense going inside the church. 
uh, it's a bit dark, um, and you know, it, the, the spirit there is different. And so, as a Jew going into those places, I felt that this was foreign to me, and sure. I couldn't connect to it. So, you know, as, as a 16-year-old coming for the first time to San Antonio, going into an evangelical church uh, with, you know, this huge hall and flags of Israel and, and, and verses from Psalms on the, sea, on, on the walls and, and people hugging us and loving us and, and kissing us, that was amazing for me. So <laughs> Much so, different, huh? So, yeah, so, when my, so you know, I, I went to my son and I asked him, so, why, are you amazed by what you're saying? And he says, no. I said, "Why?" I said, "Because because these are the Christians we meet." Yeah. Okay. He 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 was he was already he's, he's generation two. He is, yeah. He's I already gotcha. he's already going into it, uh, advanced. Sure. So um, so but but he's 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 very you know he said that you know this is not how I pictured it because it's he meets the people but he never never came to the to America going into a church. I get it. I get it. Because yeah. he goes with you maybe with work, with uh, tours right, and stuff, meets right. the people, exactly. but never sees the place. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, there, there, there's the, what I saw as a 16-year-old in America changed me. And, uh, you know, you, you were right by saying that from the Jewish side, um, we are, you, you, you don't, you don't, you're not educated to hate Christianity, but when you learn history... In, in Jewish schools, you kind of uh, get to the conclusion that that Christianity is your is your enemy. Sure, and not only Christianity, Islam is your enemy. Yeah, and everybody hates us, and we're alone in the world, and uh, and you know that's 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 the, that's the situation. And suddenly, when you when I when I went through these experiences from from being sixteen and on. Um, I, I I totally changed my mind about about you know evangelical Christians and their support in Israel. It's totally changed me, and and I believe that at, at that time, Israeli Jews did not acknowledge it because they didn't know about it. When I came from America to Israel, and I told my friends about these 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 our friends, our Christian friends in America, they looked at me and they thought I was crazy. Yeah, I bet. Uh, the same thing with my father. Today, I can I can say wholeheartedly that the situation has changed. The Jews in Israel uh, understand that the, that there is a strong support uh, for the state of Israel and the people of Israel, Jewish people, by Christians, not just in America but the whole world. And this is this is really changing our hearts from being, you know, a nation that that is is always afraid for its existence to, right. to a nation that that suddenly understands that it has friends and allies in the world. But I want to say something else. This is not the end. Yeah. This is not this is not the the the, the goal that we are striving to. Um, the Jewish people. The Jewish people's uh, role in the world is not just to establish a Jewish state and live as a Jewish nation in the land of Israel. That's not our goal. You know, I remember speaking to a, a rabbi, and that's exactly what he said. He said, if this is our goal, to establish a nation state and just live here, then, then you know, we're, 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 we're just, just fascist, you yeah. know, a nation that thinks about itself that's not the the goal that's not the vision of god for the israelites the israelites should 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 establish a state just as a as a tool for the future and what is the future the future is messiah the future is torah coming out of zion that the future is establishing God's kingdom in the world. Wait, you got you're waiting for Messiah? Yes, we're waiting for Messiah. I'm waiting for Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 we're praying for Messiah, you know. Sometimes Christians are so surprised that 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 you know, we pray for the return of the Messiah three times a day. Yeah. Every day. We every time we eat and we say a bl the blessing after the meal. Yeah. We 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 ask for Elijah and Messiah to come already. Wow, yeah. Okay, this is this is really important for us. Really really important for us. And and so you know, this is this is the reason why we're establishing the the state of Israel. But you know, it's interesting to see that also in the last 20 years 
I've been seeing this. This we're, we're talking about the, the the Jewish people. We're talking about the spiritual revival in the Jewish people. The the fact that people are looking around and and trying to understand what God wants from them, and and not just you know uh, flow with the, with the with the traffic of history and just do what everybody did beforehand. Sure. Um, there's also something exciting happening in Christianity. I mean, you know. 20 years ago or 30 years ago, people started coming to me, evangelical Christians, saying, you know, I'm keeping the Sabbath. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Or, you know, I saw Christians uh, celebrating Sukkot and, Pas- and Pesach and all the feasts, the biblical feasts. And, and, and you know, I've, I've, been, I've been so amazed and surprised from it. And, and it, it, it even brought them closer to me and, 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 and in, in so many ways. Sure. So, so that's interesting. From your perspective, you see these Christians that are starting to do these Jewish things. Um, do you? Is, is there any emotions that that brings to you? Do you do? Do you approve? Do you not approve? Do you like it? Do you not like it? How do you? From your perspective, and maybe not just you, but like from give me some perspective from the Jewish end. I think that God loves us. Yes, and I think that. What God gave the Jewish people, he gave out of love and not out of punishment or out of, of cursing us Amen. or out, yes. of, out of putting bondage on us. Uh, God gave us the manual. It's a manual. Yeah. You, want, you, want, you want to live a righteous life in the world? You know, you're buying a laundry machine? Here's the manual. Yeah. Okay, I, I created a man. Mount Sinai. Here's the manual. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is this is how we should act. This is how we should uh, do everything. And in God repeatedly say says that that this 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 thing is going to come forth out of Zion and and go all over the world. And you know, I, I really you know when I think about Christianity, you know, obviously there is a lot of bad things that happen between Christianity and Judaism, but but you know when god thinks that something is totally evil he eradicates it he erases it sure and christianity has been around for quite a long time yeah and and you also need to look at, at the achievements of christianity and christianity as my malady says um has spread the word of god in the far islands that's right okay so in other words when the jews um were fighting each other during the second temple period and and afterwards the disciples of yeshua went all around the world and spread god's word all over that's right so i i don't think that god doesn't like that i think god i think god loves that so <laughs> well and i think that god he has a big plan and while we're yeah. all playing checkers he's playing chess that's yeah. uh i don't know if familiar with the term but in, in america we have chess and checkers and we say you know someone's playing chess while someone else is playing checkers, meaning they're way ahead because mm-hmm. they're, you know, having a, a more strategic mindset than this person just like, you know, one, one move at a time or whatever. But, but, but you know, the, the, something good has done. I mean, I mean, in fact, I'm here yeah. in, in North America and, and, I, and I'm talking to, to a person who believes in God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. You know, we take it for granted, but it's, mind-blowing it's yeah you know i get i get facebook friend requests from from nigeria from from korea from from all around the world and is this just you know a coincidence or is this a a certain progress a progress of of a movement that has been going on for for hundreds and thousands of years this is this is really amazing so (laughs) so you know again you said you you feel confident and i do feel confident i i look at these things and i see god in them i see how how god directed history how god directed human beings in a certain direction to progress his word in the world um, and so th- I, I, I think that this is amazing. Now, obviously, if I say that to an Orthodox uh, Jewish friend, yeah. they, I, don't know, I don't know if they, how, how they will accept that. Well, it's funny how there's even different vocabulary that you, you, we all use. You know, when you're talking to your Christian friend versus when you're talking to your, and you may be describing the exact same concept, but like the way that people receive even certain words 
have a different meaning depending on, on who you're talking to. Um, but I mean, to, to your point, I mean, Christianity, I think, has come a long way in, uh, in reforming itself. Uh, but I think that also, up until recently, Christianity was Christianity and Judaism was Judaism. But we're having like this thing happening now where, you know, Christians are, are discovering the relevance of Torah and they're starting to do things that are traditionally Jewish. Biblical. I agree. I, I agree they're biblical, but, but the average person out there in the world says Jewish. So that's the Jewish holidays. And I'm like, well, it's God's holidays. He says they're his feasts, right? We're just honoring them, and the Jewish people have kept them for us on our behalf, right? I mean, they've, they, that was a service that has been done for us that these traditions and, and the Bible itself, I mean, just even the text has been kept. I mean, without the Jewish people, where would we be? You know, I mean, think about, uh, I think about Hezekiah. I think about King Josiah. I think about um, uh, the Maccabees. I think about um, the Essenes and the Dead Sea Scrolls. I mean, I think about all these people who have preserved um, and thereby provided legitimacy to our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, th- it, we have it because of that. And, um, and there's, for us to not have a deep respect and reverence for that, I think we miss the boat. Um, I think there's there's too much, especially within the Hebrew roots, and especially within the the circle of Christians that are discovering the relevance of Torah and, and the feast days and the Sabbath. Um, you know, we can fall very quickly into uh, I don't know, maybe even anti-Semitism, a borderline anti-Semitism, to to not recognize how the Jewish people just by their existence, like all those, those funny traditions that people want to, you know, poke fun at or whatever it is, just like you received when you said you were growing up, even from other Jewish people, you know, um, that by doing those things, they were protecting something. And it was, that was a safeguard. It was a, a guard post, you know, and without it, where, where would we really be today? Mm-hmm. We, 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 we wouldn't have the Bible. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have Christianity because it just wouldn't exist. It just, it just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, so um, the the relationship between Christianity and Judaism, obviously, you've been, it's come, uh, especially in the last few decades. Uh, organizations like Christians United for Israel, John Hagee and his group, with either I think we've heard seven million, we've heard ten million members. That's a lot of people. Um, you know, with a heart for Israel. Um, I think there's clearly a group, and I, I want to say there's a core group, that of the Christians that are out there and the Jews that, that truly have mutual respect. And I mean that in a way to say that we can truly trust the intentions of the other are what they're saying they are. Because I think that there's a large population of the Jewish people that are leery of Christians coming and saying, here I am to help, you know. But what they really is, they have another alternative agenda other than what they're saying. Right? But, I, but I think that what, what, what you guys are doing is even more than that. You're loving the other for what he believes in. Sure, yeah. And yeah. I think I think that that's, that's important. I mean, you know, respecting someone for who he is is... Is is good, yeah. but but loving someone for who he is, yeah, is I think uh, probably the highest way because because then, you know, then then things really really connect. Sure, sure, and and yeah, I agree. So then I guess the big question uh, and the question I think I want to I get to the answer for the audience is how can we uh, work together to build the state of Israel, to continue to see the redemption of the land of Israel. Um, I've talked many times, I mean, these guys probably get tired of me talking about the, the land and how it responds to the people that belong in the land, um, how you, know, you have the desolate places that are now lush with green and, and all of these things. Um, I even got to be in a video with um, Rabbi Tuli Weiss. Are you familiar with Rabbi Tuli Weiss? Mm-hmm. 365, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually a Christian and I, my son planting trees, you know, I think I mentioned that to you. Um, and it was just cool to be part of that um, and to be planting trees in the land of Israel and, and doing the things that, that you know, you plant a seed, right? And then 
in the future there's a tree mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. in this case the tree's a sapling already but um you know you you hope that those are the things that you do now that later bear fruit you know that sometimes literally you know when it's a fruit tree right mm-hmm. um so what 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 do you perceive the average person listening can do um I think they know the obvious ones and we can direct them to where to give money, right? I mean, that's an obvious one. Prayer is an obvious one. What are the things that, that you think maybe outside of the box um, that maybe we haven't thought of that people can do in order to support and help the state of Israel and the Jewish people? Um, you know, I, I, during, during my mature years um, working in, in education and, and in tourism, I saw the amazing effect of visiting Israel. Yeah. Uh, people truly are changed by the experience they have in Israel. So, you know, I would definitely put that uh, on top of everything because what happens when you visit Israel? You are connecting to God, to Zion, to the Jewish people, um, in in a, in a very physical way, yeah, um, and obviously also spiritually, but you're also helping the Jewish people and Israel because you're let's you know let's let's say it very very clearly you're spending your money there yeah, you're giving absolutely. money to local businesses to hotels to 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 sites to bus drivers. Um, another thing you're doing is you are showing them a face of of alliance, a face of love. Mm, yeah. Um, and that, I think, is probably the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, you're not loving them to evangelize them. You're loving them because of who they are, just what, just like I said. Yeah. And and they, they are the people of God that God chose, that God kept, that God brought back home for a certain reason. And, and you need to love them and, and, and help them fulfill that reason. Um, and so this is, I think this is probably the, the, the best way uh, to help. Um, as, and as you said, there's so many other ways to help. So visit Israel is number one. Visit Israel is number one. I'm going to write that down. You don't have to twist my arm. <laughs> you know, visit Israel. That's number one on the list. That's, exactly. I'm in. And you don't have to use Lipkin tours. There are many travel agents out there, yeah. uh, but we're the best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is Israel the right way. It's Israel the right, by the way. It's, we didn't just choose Israel the right way for, for uh, uh, just accidentally. Um, most tourists don't visit Judea and Samaria. Uh, the biblical, this is a big The deal. biblical heartland of Israel, this is something that always bothered me. Yeah. Um, it's the reason why we established uh, Lipkin Tours specifically to bring groups to the biblical sites. Uh, that are in the Bible. This is where the Bible happened. It didn't happen uh, in, in in Tel Aviv. It didn't happen in Haifa. It didn't happen in in Natanya. It happened in the places of of Judah, of Benjamin, of Ephraim, of Menashe, Bethel, Shiloh, Hebron, uh, Mount Gerizim, Mount Ebal. These are the places that the Bible happened in. And uh, you know, we might be surprising some of our listeners and viewers, but 95% of tourists coming to Israel don't visit Judea and Samaria. Oh. So because there's this imaginary line, and I hear that it's green. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. The, the, but you're right. I mean, uh, between Jerusalem and the quote-unquote West Bank, right. which I only say West Bank for people to, mm-hmm. for reference purposes, yes. but it's Judea and Samaria. Right. But 90% of this happened in Jerusalem exactly. and Judea and Samaria. Totally. Period. Totally. So, um, so you know, this is, this is why we established Lipkin Tours. And, and, you know, when we're bringing tourists, they're not just strengthening tourism of Israel in general, but they're strengthening the, the Jewish biblical sites and, and business owners in Judea and Samaria. Yes. And it's also important to mention that Judea and Samaria are in the front line of the big battle between... Um, the, the 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 identity of 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 the Bible and and God, the Judeo-Christian belief, um, versus I would say Islam and atheism coming together in order to uh, abolish that, in order to to erase that. So when you're coming to the heartland, 
you are strengthening Bible, you're strengthening biblical values, you're strengthening biblical prophecy. So, so this is definitely important. Um, I, I would, uh, you know, as you said, there's so many ways to, to give money and to donate. Right. Uh, so, you know, obviously a, a hungry child is more important than a tree. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, one of my love in, loves in Israel is definitely planting trees. Yeah, well, pl- future trees will f- feed future hungry children. Right, right. But we're not planting a lot of fruit trees, I have to say. Well, what we're doing is because the, you know, the, my tourists always ask me, Aaron, why is, why is the land in Judea and Samaria so barren? I mean, everything is stone. Yeah. And I say, it wasn't always like that. Open the Bible. You see that Elisha brought bears out of the forest. There was a forest there. You see that the, the tribes of Ephraim and Menashe uh, complained to Joshua that the land that they received is whole forests and they can't cultivate it. So the, this area of the mountain of Ephraim was a forest and today it's not because of thousands of years of, of empires molesting the, the nature and molesting the, the biblical forest. So uh, if you want... To, to donate a tree, if you want to, to dedicate a, a tree planting to a friend, then you can always uh, go to, to uh, places like JNF. Um, uh, we have also a, a ministry that, pl- a ministry is a Christian world, but I'm using it, uh, a ministry that, that plants uh, uh, trees in the heartland of Israel. So you can go to BibleForest.com and we plant native trees that belong to the biblical forests that we had interesting before yeah. and by the way you have to do it fast because it's Shemitah. that's right uh, that's right uh, beginning <laughs> september i believe 9th i know i was uh we were messaging with um i think tommy waller and right. uh, he was mentioning mentioning some of that and and, and Hayavel, you know they obviously do a lot of the labor right so you you donate money to jnf they buy the trees or you know what you said a uh, biblical Bi- bible forest bible forest and then you know, the the volunteers come in and, right. and actually somebody's got to dig the hole and right. stick the tree in it. So. Yeah, and irrigation. And irrigation and, and all that. And yeah. protection. And there's a lot of things that we need to do. Um, and last but not least is, um, you know, when we talk about strengthening the Bible and biblical, um, the biblical heritage, uh, we have archaeologists that are finding amazing things. Yeah. And uh, I'm part of the uh, Manasseh Hill Country Survey Team. Who, uh, that has found Joshua's altar, that has found the Israelite footprint structures, that has done a lot to prove the biblical, the veracity of the biblical yeah. um, events. Um, the problem is that these archaeologists are working with very little money because they are showing that the, the Bible is true, because they are working in Judea and Samaria. Uh, a lot of funds and grants are being prevented from them. Gotcha. So, so we archaeologists need a lot of money uh, to, to for the excavations, for the publishing of the reports. So, if people feel drawn to that, yeah, then, you absolutely, know, they 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 should definitely go to <coughs> that and, and and do that. And where is there an easy website or someplace they can go to do- donate? Or they, they can, can they can contact uh, us, Lipkin Tours. And we will direct them to a, a, a nonprofit uh, here in uh, the, in America that has a 501 c three exactly. Yep. Uh, if they need a a, a deductible uh, yeah, certificate, a certificate or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and that uh, nonprofit in America will uh, transfer the the funds for us so we can operate. This is not going to Lipkin Tours. It's not going to me. It's going to uh, the Manasseh Hill Country Survey Team. From the Haifa University yeah. to buy drones. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I would love that. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. It's really, really to buy food, to buy um, uh, supplies, uh, supplies, accommodations for the volunteers. Sure. Uh, this is truly important scientific archaeological work. Yeah. And I will be ha- very, very happy to to that you can help them yeah. as well. So, um, and so I'll get that information and I'll put that in our mm-hmm. comments mm-hmm. Or, or our uh, description so that we have that. Um, and so we're, we're out of time, unfortunately, but I mean, I, for the folks that are listening, um, he has described even some, uh, desecration that has happened to some places where people have come in and, uh, purposefully or unpurposefully, whatever the, the case is, you know, 
uh, done damage to some of these sites, these ancient sites that need to be preserved. And the reason they're even able to do that either willingly or you know, on purpose or not or accidentally is because they're not obvious you know, you know, when you go to Shiloh, it's obvious, right? There's a, a giant, you know, welcome center. There's, you know, fencing and things like that. And it's, everything's protected. Right. Well, there's a lot of places in Judea and Samaria because of the, you know, the international political situation that's preventing people exactly. f- from even doing a lot of that stuff. Um, and so the funds are not there to do right. it. But the funds need to be there. And so it's not that it's illegal to do it. It's not that there's any issue with doing it. I think the whole world over has an invested interest or vested interest in protecting real history because we all want the the elusive truth, right? That we talked about earlier. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm with it. I understand what you're saying and I agree. I think that it's, um, that's a, that's a really good cause. Um, and definitely something that we can, can, can rally some troops to, to get behind. So, Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, thank I, you. Oh, we could, I, I feel like we could do this for no, a whole other hour. Totally, totally. <laughs> so, this is not enough. Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I okay. agree. We should definitely do it. So um, if you guys uh, want to reach out to me, it's ryan at twopraise.net. If you want to email uh, Aaron, do you have an email address? Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at lipkintours.com. Got, and, uh, and then although COVID has some weird stuff going on with traveling to Israel right now, there it, it does look like we're headed in the right direction. So uh, you can go to LipkinTours.com and you can see the tours that are available for sign-up. Uh, even right now, there is a Bait to Gila one that's on the site. So exactly. you can go there. You can get all of the information from the site. It has all the, the description, the itinerary, the cost, when you need deposits in, all that stuff is all there on the website. So you can check that out there. I encourage you to do it because if you're going to go to Israel, you might as well go to Israel the right way, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and, and also, uh, I'm very active on Facebook. So okay. if, if you want to um, follow uh, my posts, I post a lot of interesting things about the Bible and archaeology and drone videos. Yeah. So uh, you're definitely invited to, to uh, follow me, and I'll be happy to, to correspond, answer your questions, and, and, uh, and uh, just be excited together from what's going on in israel because what's going on is amazing really really amazing yeah amen amen all right bless you guys have a great week